because it's conspiracy, I tell you. It's a conspiracy, that's why. I'm telling you it's a conspiracy. And I disagree, Narrower, although I can't confirm or deny if maybe I am easing you all into something. I'm, I mean, I, I think I think maybe. just taking your shirt off after and flexing your nips, that, that was just a power move, right? It was like, yeah, I got, I got that ninja loot. I, now I'm going to walk away like a badass, flexing my nips. Like, That's right. RP walking all like, you know what I mean? Nah, it's fine. A couple, a couple peck flexes and away he goes. If I go dark side, y'all made me. You did this to me. That's all I got to say. All right, moving on. Let's moving on. Any other thoughts about the cosmetics, friends? The fire was a gift against the cold and the pathfinders bathed in its warmth. They were at a crossroads as they had set up a place for other adventurers to visit and rest while further preparing for their own travels across the landscape. Only a true pathfinder could have made it this far. And looking onward, they knew they would be the true pioneers of the rediscovery of Vera. Welcome to Ashes Pathfinders your dedicated and trusted Ashes of Creation podcast. Join us as we share in the journey that reignites the embers and rekindles the flames in the hearts of those long left to cinder. I'm your host, Phoenix, also known as Samorg. I'm joined today by our returning Pathfinders. Let's welcome back, Daedalus. Hello, everyone. Also, welcome back, Half Tilt. Greetings, friends. Hope you're all well. Also, welcome back. Hop, 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 salam. Faisal, bunny Faisal. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Just want you to know, buddy, we may or may not be working on a new emote just for you, for the Discord. Just saying. Ah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yep. Might be working on some for all Whatever the pathfinders. Could it be? <laughs> I know it's it's hard to it's hard to really kind of like determine what it could possibly be, but if it if it actually does show up, I think it'll make sense to pretty much everybody. Look, before we dig in, gotta give a shout out to the home of this podcast, AshesHQ.com, the community curated website for Ashes of Creation. Also, shout out to all the Imperial Flames, which are the supporters here on Twitch. YouTube and Patreon. Thank you so much for keeping this community's flames bolstering greater week after week, friends. Also, if you want to support this show, remember you can go over to iTunes, leave us a hefty five-star review. If you believe in us, a comment too. And if you do leave that comment, we'll read it right here on the show. And if you're wondering where you can find that info, go over to our Twitter at Ashes Pathfinder, pin post right at the top of the profile. You'll see all the links to all the podcast places and the iTunes link is right there with them. Also, you can call into 1-539-664-6801. Leave us a voice message for the show. If it's appropriate, we'll play that too. You know, if you if you want to go the the probably least uh, public route as possible, you can always like shoot a message over to Ashes Pathfinders Gmail and that Pathfinder Grunt out there in Vera somewhere. We'll get it to us when they're good and ready. They run on Vera time, so you know. Sounds like Canada Post. Jeez. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like Canada Post, man. Look. Let's see this week. What have we had? Well, we got some uh, we had some things that came up this week that were actually unexpected. I did my due diligence for all y'all put together an outline of something important to talk about. What's that, Sim? Steven did a 
a review, or not a review, an interview, um, and MMORPG.com has a video posted, and they also have an article posted outlining both of those. For the full details, you want to check out the uh, MMORPG video. Um, I did go and do a little bit of work in typical format, as usual now, and put together some of the bullet points that I felt were probably going to be most important for all of our returning Pathfinders here, for us to talk about things that are probably newsworthy or discussion-worthy, um, or maybe just have a little bit more you know, information that's maybe newer or a little more light on some subject. Overall, it was generally a lot of the same stuff we've heard, um, but I do have some points around that. We'll get to that here in a bit. Um, we'll start it off by talking about cosmetics, but first let's talk about how everybody's been doing, man. Catch up with our cast here. How have y'all been doing, man, since the last time? I'm doing all right here. Uh, just, uh, had our first snow of the year, um, in my neck of the woods. So I'm enjoying that. Nice. Uh, I know it's, it's not as uh, vast as what happens <laughs> in the wet coast over there of half tilt, but it's, uh, it's been a it's been a fun snow day here, even though it shut everything down. So nice. it's all good. Right on. What about you two? Um, That's what happens when I don't actually like reference one, Basil. <laughs> Fine. Uh, what's it called? Um, I went a trip with my family to the desert. Really? We basically had like. What, what what do you call it? what do you guys call it? I don't know, like cars that would just drift through the sands. <laughs> so you, were you drifting nice. in the desert? Is that what you're telling us? Yes, yes, exactly. So you went nice. drifting in the desert. Yes. How did you how did you not get stuck in all that sand? Because we have certain techniques. <laughs> really? Oh yes. wait, there we go. The techniques of Faisal. Next meme incoming. <laughs> Okay, cool. I demand I... video in Discord. <laughs> like, I feel like this is another Fast and Furious movie coming up. <laughs> right. What about what about you, Aftel? What have you been up to, man? Well, I think I know, but the rest of the people, you know. Yeah, it's it's, it's been an alright week. I mean, uh, my 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 partner, my significant other here, Lady Tilt, she got COVID over the mm. weekend, so yeah, sorry to hear that. We've we've been dealing with that. Didn't get to visit with all the kiddos as we normally do over the weekend, mm. but. Uh, been taking chances when i can playing a lot of witcher 3 again oh, and, uh, good choice yeah just taking it day by day that's oh, such a good game man it really is i'm looking forward to the update that they have too because they're getting there i don't know if it actually came out already i know it's no, this it's, it's this year still. it's this year i think is when it's coming out but it's like basically a they're doing like i guess more of an hd sort of like reskinning textures and stuff like that it's giving it a facelift so to speak and the witcher 4 is in development starting this year too by the way so that's cool. nice nice yeah, yeah i think yeah, i restarted the game yeah i, I want to do that as well when the update comes out i've been yeah. actually related to that i've been playing shadow of mordor and shadow of Ooh, war nice just because i don't know i got into it after like watching game of thrones i'm like i need to fight you know Oh yeah, something that was in that in vain. So I didn't end up doing that. So looking right. fun. Yeah, you know, there's uh for people that are waiting on games or whatever. Uh, we got a group of us that are playing on ESO very casually, just chilling. I've been playing like Gwent here and there. I enjoy Gwent, uh, so I'll play Gwent. And I'll play which you know it's Witcher related. It's actually the card game that exists in in the Witcher game. So you can you can play the standalone version of that. So I've been playing those two and just doing content creation. Um, I actually worked, I've been working a lot. I know I mentioned it to you all, I've been getting a lot of, this is the year to write my first book. So 
Uh, I've been getting a lot of like some of the big hefty like work I know I need to be doing for the for basically setting the foundation for all the books for the next couple months or so. And so I spent like six hours last night, I think, doing world map stuff. And people are like, you can use like incarnate or whatever and do like some of the 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 maps and stuff that way. But I'm like, I'm a very, very I want I want hands on. I want you know, I want to use my hands to make the map and to do all the stuff and things. So I was doing that for like six hours last night. Dude, it was like five, five thirty in the morning. And I was like, oh, shit. Yeah. And I was like, OK, well, I'm great. And I was like so exhausted. I passed out so hard. But it's so satisfying, man, having something tangible like that, just having you know, like making it yourself. It doesn't matter if it's like, you know, strumming away on a guitar or like, you know, drawing or or, or whatever, crafting, whatever people like. But it's something so satisfying about about doing that for me. And uh, it, it's pretty exciting, man. I, I've been chipping away. I've, I've got like a day or um, day, usually a day or two a week where I basically am just focusing on that and uh, kind of preparing myself because here in about another two and a half months, that's when I guess start writing the first one and then all the stuff that follows. So it's uh, it's pretty exciting. It's also very nerve wracking because it's like, you know, juggling that. Well, plus like, you know, doing that, something like that, that big for the first time um, is uh, definitely, definitely a bit of a trip. But obviously doing content creation, the LFM podcast, we had that one last Thursday. You can check it out. It's a sister show. Um, if you like game development discussion, um, one of the topics, uh, actually I found out about that day by one of our people in chat right now, narrow or there, uh, kind of brought it to my attention, um, last Thursday, which we'll talk about shortly. Um, but we had a really good discussion last Thursday. It's all about game development, game culture, all things geek. We get, we have a lot of really great nostalgia, uh talks and sometimes really great rants about things that are just like driving us nuts in game development that don't otherwise always fit here because this is the ashes podcast so um yeah you can definitely catch that if y'all are interested but um yeah so let's talk about the cosmetics then we'll talk about the no you know what we'll talk about the cosmetics in a second why don't we talk about the other thing so Y'all know these guys didn't even know this. Like I actually had to tell them, I'm glad we talked about it beforehand. And I'm wondering how many other people don't know either at this point. Cause if you all didn't know, it seems like it definitely went under the radar. If you haven't been watching, if you haven't been watching Twitter and you haven't been watching the forums, you, you probably missed it. Um, but toast Lieutenant toast, who is, uh, essentially the, uh, you know, moderator or was she's no longer as of today she's no longer a moderator a community mod for for ash as a creation but toast is gone she is essentially her last day was on friday i found out thursday on the lfm show um mid midstream mid recording i found out about it then i was like what so we talked about it a little bit but we'll talk about it a little bit more in detail today because that's what we do here um, but yeah, so her, she basically was like, Hey, uh, happy new year friends. And, uh, letting you all know, you know, really enjoyed my time here. She's, you know, had a lot of positive things to say, but Friday was her last day. She's moving on to another gig. And apparently it's not even in the gaming space, but she's, uh, like Jeff still looking forward to like, you know, the time ahead. It's crazy to think she's here for like, what, what was it, like three years, yeah. I think. Hopefully yeah, three years. Yeah. yeah, so she's still planning on playing the game and being alongside the rest of us, but she'll be moving on. Um, what do y'all think? Man, any thoughts? Any any final 
thoughts for toast as she's on her way i like mind blown <laughs> yeah pretty <laughs> much mm-hmm. yeah i mean you know toast is you know i i kind of said this a little bit before the show but toast is one of the best like community vocals i've ever had the pleasure of interacting with and she's always been like extreme like like helpful and i just never seen mm-hmm. like between her and maggie more dedicated folks um right. to really like you know, meeting the community needs. Um, obviously they have a lot to juggle in those jobs. Um, and it's definitely a thankless job, but I've never seen anyone that has such a positive attitude and approach, uh, to, uh, community management. So, I mean, I'm, I would step in with like, you know, all the other, you know, well wishes and say, you know, best of luck in her, you know, whatever she's planning on doing here post, uh, intrepid, but definitely it's sad to see her go. Yeah, it definitely is. It's, it's just a trip, man. I mean, we got a comment chat from Cobra talking about like, you know, progression through a company. Uh, it can be kind of low and restricted when it's a smaller company. Um, it, it's fair. It's a very fair point. And I think also we, we, we all are, even myself included, we, I kind of don't really, you know, I, it's easy, I think, to get into this mindset that like, hey, these are kind of like your pillars in the community. You're used to seeing them. We don't always think about the fact that like as individuals, they have goals for their their own lives, progress they want to make, you know, things that they want to try, areas they want to explore, roads they want to take. And that might sometimes, you know, mean that their their road, you know, in terms of being a part of a company won't continue. And three years, you know, five years for Jeff, three years for her. I mean, that's like pretty significant amount of time. And, you know, I think it's easy to forget that. You know, they've got their paths for their lives and things that they want to focus on or families or whatever other dynamics are at play. Um, and I think sometimes maybe not everybody's as understanding. They kind of view it as like a negative thing, um, you know, especially when the game's in development. I think that happens pretty easily. But it's, you know, I don't view it as a negative thing because they did really great work when they were here. They, you know, helped immensely along the way. And uh, yeah, I got nothing but good things to say for Toast either because, um, you know, every time I've ever had any issues or had to like get some help with something, she's just been on her A game, man, like knocking it out the park. Um, so I've never, I've nothing but good things. Wish her the very best. Y'all have any other thoughts? I, I really echo those sentiments. Um, you know, my, my interactions with her may have been a little fewer and further between the, than some other creators, but yeah. she, everything, everything I ever saw with her in chat, every yeah. interaction I had with her personally, it was always super positive. And, and you know, to deal with the repeated questions, right. the repeated yeah. BS and criticisms, and just always putting on a smile while she was doing it was that's something you can't teach, right? Like you can't, that that's just speaks really largely to the type of person she was and, or is. So absolutely. She's going to be missed big, big shoes to fill. And, you know, I wish I too, I wish her the best of luck and anything in the future. And I hope to uh, go slay some dragons with her at some point in the future. Oh yeah, dude. You know, cool, cool. All the best toast. Take care, Sarah. And yep. See you in Vera. Yeah. Same. Man, man, Maggie and Toast joined us like three years ago in in one of the most darkest of times and where the community <laughs> wasn't really built well. And, yeah. And they've really done a lot of work. Yeah. Like, no matter what people could say. Yeah, I agree with that. They've, they've 
build something that's going to last for, for yeah. all the upcoming years. Yeah. And I hope, <clears throat> hopefully. <clears throat> right sorry. there? You're right there, Faisal? Hopefully. <laughs> hopefully. Um. And whatever she's trying to do, hopefully uh, she, she does it great. And she should consider this as her second home as, as the Ashes of Creation community. Honestly. Oh, man, Faisal. She had a really big impact on you uh, in the community, didn't she? It's okay. You can I let, mean, it, I mean, let, let it all can, out, buddy. You can't, you're, you're among friends. You let can't it all just out. take butter and toast and just separate them. You know? <laughs> <laughs> this is a moment where this must be clipped, homies. All these types what of things. Mean? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yes. It's nothing but good. But yeah, this is valuable, valuable, valuable for the future. Um, you know, as much as uh, some of the contributions that our community members make, um, you know, with some of the things that you'll probably see in chat that I can't really understand. don't really know how it got there. Someone clearly is up to no good. Uh, not me. It's whoever put them there. I didn't put those in. It's possible. I mean, yeah, I didn't actually put them in, but I didn't make them, I guess is what I'm trying to say. Um, but yeah, I agree, dude. You're, you're right. You're dead on though. She, uh, her and, and Margaret have, uh, have been very influential in really developing a, a very, very, very stable framework, uh, for how the community, uh, operates, how the engagement is managed and, and a lot of that. And, um, yeah, I, I totally agree and, and would reflect on the same sentiment. I think that, um, you really can't stay enough just how impactful, uh, the work that they put into that has been so hammers up. And now that we're beyond this, uh, you know, emotional stuff, let's kind of talk about the cosmetics. Okay, great. Awesome. Let's talk about those. Yeah, great. Cool. All right. So I'm just in no particular order. They're kind of going, but uh, the cosmetics through the lens are now out. Uh, and at, I talked about them on Tuesday. We kind of did a review over them and everything. Um, it, I guess all I'm going to say is thoughts, gentlemen, and then we'll just go from there. Friends in chat, obviously. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I I like them. Um, I, I seem to let see like each month that they're trying to do something unique, and I really latch onto that. I mean, absolute favorite one is the the freehold skin. I think that's fantastic. Um, I don't know. I just, I like them all. I think, uh, there were some folks that made some references, I think in our community around the costumes, like making them think of like what they wanted their frost mage to look like. I would totally agree there. Yeah. There's a lot of those, like, honestly, um, I want to say it's like the never ending story vibes with the look of it. It's, oh, it's been a while. I see that. But I kind of I I get that there the Empress, in the mouth, right? like with the eyes, man. Oh, that's just, that's awesome. That's but, an interesting uh, yeah. point. Right, that's yeah. got the Empress vibe. That's what it. That's yeah, what it is about. Exactly. It that looks familiar. Yeah. Okay. Exactly. I was wondering why yeah, that I, looked familiar, man. I was like, what? Yeah, I mean, I I didn't get it until like literally right now. I'm like, that's wow. what it's from. The yeah. ending story. That's so it. yeah, I. I'm, you know, I'm going to hop on the shut up and take my money bandwagon again this month. I <laughs> Are <don't know>. you? <laughs> yeah, Holy pretty crap. much. That's funny. Uh, I don't know why, but I think the, the, elf, like the elf clothing cosmetic 
Mm. Uh, reminds me a lot of Narnia for some reason. I don't know why. It just hits me. Okay, I get that vibe too. Yeah, I can see that. Get it. Um, the other, the other one, which is this, uh, the spyglass. I don't know why it has those two antennas. I don't know, like who's, right. who's the person who who's gonna snipe that person. <laughs> I guess it's balancing it out so you can put it on a table. Yeah, I was to, like hold it up, dual purpose. It's just a stand. That's all. <laughs> yeah, it's a magical cannon spyglass. Okay, poke somebody's eye out if they're trying to take your stuff, man. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god this thing in chat what the hell hold on a minute hold on damn minute here narrow that's just not fair and let me have a moment to defend myself i wonder i if i can just temper myself and say nothing in in one stream i i don't think it'll go without a happening but i'll try one of these days he said you know what just occurred to me What's that, friend? Sim ninja looted on purpose back in the fake back then to fake outrage and disguise his inner dark side that he always had. So now he is, quote unquote, jokingly making emotes to ease us into him, revealing his true self, pretending it's all just for fun until there's nothing left but dark side Sim. <laughs> Anybody? All right. Cosmetics. I mean, next. I mean, if it walks like a duck and it talks like a duck. Okay, don't clip that. That's way too much. Uh, Self-admission? I admitted uh, nothing. Look, number number one, I got to say this, okay? I had looted it because there were no loot rules. I'll say this a thousand times if I have to until finally one day sinks in and pe enough people go. Can't just take things Steven says on his word because it doesn't mean it's true. Although, to be fair, there weren't any loot rules set or anything. Yeah, sure, he wanted to, like, loot it and, and show it off and stream whatever. I didn't know that information. What do y'all do? You loot the damn thing you kill. So I looted it. Found out later that someone ninja looted it per his words. Doesn't mean it was ninja looted. Just means it was looted. Okay, then I admitted it was me, and that's when the, this is when all the bullshit began. I, I feel admit, like there's admission. an implied gentleman's agreement. No, there's in that not. scenario. I no. mean, I mean, there is. Let me put together a visual for you, like about this whole situation. Okay, here's a train. Here's a station. <laughs> the train has left the station, my friend. It's gone. It's gone. You, you ain't rolling this, this back. I've, I've said all this before. Why doesn't anybody remember? Why does anybody remember those words? Oh, man? we remember. We remember very well. There is no gentleman's agreement. Also, when people were like, why is, why is Sim rock, rocking fresh nips on his character not wearing a shirt? It's because when you put the item on, which was a badass item, by the way, it didn't actually show up and it didn't give me stats either. So, look, other people looted things. I wasn't the only one and nobody of them got grief for it. You know why? Because it's a conspiracy, I tell you. It's a conspiracy, that's why. I tell you it's a conspiracy. And I disagree, Narrower, although I can't confirm or deny if maybe I am easing you all into something. I'm, I mean, I, I think I think maybe. just taking your shirt off after and flexing your nips, that, that was just a power <laughs> move, right? It was like, yeah, I, I, I got that ninja loot. Now I'm going to walk away like a badass, <laughs> flexing my nips. Like, that's right. RP walking all like, 
You know what I mean? Nah, it's fine. A couple, a couple pack flexes and away he goes. If I go dark side, y'all made me. You did this to me. That's all I got to say. All right, moving on. Let's moving on. Any other thoughts about the cosmetics, friends? Well, this one, one thing related to the last topic, we should what? get Terry Crews on the podcast <laughs> so he could like go with the, like the <laughs> things going on. He's like, this, let me do my same impression. Then you just see the, the face going. <laughs> that would be fantastic. Oh God, that's so good. Oh. And I, I don't know, like I, I like the design <laughs> of the cosmetics. I think the spyglass is really cool. Uh, I love the the ornate design to it, but nothing oh, personally really appeals to uh, me in this pack this month. So it's just not my stuff. But I, I do I do dig the spyglass. I think if it was maybe a different color scheme behind it, I would I would flip for it. But I'm really curious what accessory. Is that going to be a cosmetic for? Is this going to be a necklace given the chain and you're just going to wear it, have this big dangling thing? Like I've got a big deer call that I wear when I'm hunting and it dangles from my neck. It's annoying as fuck, to be honest. So yeah. I usually tuck it in my pack, so I never use it. But I feel like this would be kind of the same thing. If I it's can a, see a belt thing going on with it, too. Yeah, I can see that. Yeah, I'm curious about where that's going to fit in as well. Uh, I, I kind of like theorize maybe it'll be like a ranger or something, you know, who has like, you know, you get RP, throw it on your belt. If you want to RP that you got a shiny little spyglass when you're out scoping things out. Well, you, and you're also supposed to have Mariner mm. classes in the game as well. Yes. So I'm wondering if maybe there'll be accessories and things maybe. you can yeah. put on and equip for your Mariner class. Mm. And maybe that'll be what's there because a spyglass is going to be integral right <laughs> land ho let's not hit that let's not right. hit that rock or iceberg you know am I, am I the only one that thinks the owl is creepy um the eyes took me a minute to even realize they were eyes and i'm like oh damn okay that's kind of cool <laughs> i dig it i, I actually just imagine yeah walking in the world uh, and like i find this creature and it just mm -hmm. looks at me like <laughs> it'll, it'll blind people the with their like eyes so you, can, yeah. so you can loot things without anybody seeing what's really going on when they're blinded <laughs> man I, I looked at these and I'll tell you the uh, the glitterling was pretty cool it totally has like a little fox vibe but some people were like is it that little uh, what's it called the the purgle or whatever it's called the little little the little uh, pig nose looking antler little squirrel sort of cat fox whatever creature little mini thing little mischievous thing we talked about someone was like that could be a skin for that or something i was like maybe that worked that could could be i dig the glitterling uh the feather watchers uh, spyglass that's a that's a no-go for me i wasn't really contemplating the the fateborn nightwing um before but now that i see it's got those like glowing yellow eyes i'm like oh man some lightbringer style shit so i don't know maybe possibly the crystal gazers were meant. I just I posted it in chat earlier, but we could take a moment to acknowledge the dark side shit going on with that remit in the description. Right? Ooh, it's it's yeah. Um it's not my style. That was a no-go. The prismatic icebreaker. I thought that was cool as a ship cosmetic. Um visually, I don't really care for it, but I think if this thing ends up having uh these um uh, this sort of like Aurora styled trail behind it that I was reading about. If that's actually part of the, the ship, you know, like, uh, 
I don't know, like aesthetics that you get to see this like Aurora like wake, then that's pretty cool. But I don't think it would be enough for me to get the ship skin. Um, the Leyland Orrery, though, that is uh, that's that's pretty cool. That thing I like a lot that that had like I'm going to link the description in chat. But if you look at this one, it, it's got. A clockwork mentioned to it. And if you look at it, it actually looks like it's a clockwork built sort of thing. And at first I thought maybe it looked a little Empyrean, but it's Valoon Scholar. So I was like, what? OK, I kind of see it. I do see it now, but I'm very curious about this one. So th I think the that one looks really cool. Totally has a scientific node like vibe to it. Um, which made us, which we were talking about, it was like, that'd be pretty interesting if some of the ways that you could only utilize some of these cosmetics is if you're in the zone of influence of a node that is a scientific node or whatever. So that's another interesting, because we don't know exactly what the uh, specifications are for some of these things still. Right. That that is something I know we've talked about it in the past, but that is something I'd really like right. to know in advance because that very much could influence buying decisions, yes. right? Yep. Like that might sway somebody who's on the fence to yep. a yes or no. Absolutely and, agree. Because I I didn't even notice the mechanical aspects of it, but looking at it now, yeah, I can see all the right. gears. And like that, that's actually really cool. And mm -hmm. I'm curious, like, what kind of effect it, I mean, that shouldn't have an effect in game for the cosmetics specifically, but maybe there's other buildings that have an effect that this is just going to more visually enhance. Right. Of detecting essence. And maybe you can channel essence into things and that'll help with certain mm -hmm. like making gems or uh, scribe type things. I'm, I can't think of the words right now, but oh, it might yeah. help with that type of profession. You also notice that that thing, anybody who played World of Warcraft back in BC, man, tell me that doesn't give you those vibes of like, the uh that like you know the set of buildings on the island where you go to like magister's terrace or sunville plateau mm -hmm. it kind of gave me those vibes architecturally yeah. architecturally but it was interesting because if if indeed this were to have motion which would be crazy cool i wouldn't expect it but it would be super cool if it did People also were like, yeah, but are we gonna get any kind of mech on there? Because are we aren't we supposed to like not really sort of have that? you know, like tech sort of be in the game? Would that classify as tech if it had that motion? It's a good question. Something we're talking about. Definitely curious what everybody else thinks in regard to some of those points. But if y'all had any other final thoughts on these. No. OK, cool. Good. Well, why don't we talk about some of the goodies then, shall we? If y'all checked it out. Um, the Steven interview. Uh, we've got it linked in our discord. Feel free to jump on over there. If you're not already in there at discord.gg forward slash simorg S I M U R G H. You can join us there. We have chats around ashes all the time. It's where the podcast stuff's at all the other things we do here. We have conversations in there. Sometimes we post the gems that we find too. That don't, I don't always post on social or whatever. Um, really interesting takeaways or people have like finds or theories. We have some really great discussions in there. Um, and, I was like watching or reading over the article, not a whole lot in the article MMORPG, a couple like quotes, I think, from the interview were there. A lot of it was uh, in the interview. If you watch the video, 
the majority of it was stuff that if you've been in in the uh, Ashes community for, you know, as long as a lot of us have been, a year even, a lot of the stuff, if you've done your info seeking, you, you will find that all of that information, for the most part, is pretty much stuff that we all know. Um, I, yep. the, the main takeaway was that that I thought was the probably most vital was something I did note. Um, and, and I'll try to skip over it, but I think that this interview was important for one very big reason. In the wake of the games that they said shall not be named, I'll name it New World and some others. If you've learned anything, it's we talk about it, right? People clearly. There is a very high demand for an honest MMORPG that can deliver for people. There's only a few out there in development that I even would bother with. Like actually investing. Um, As a game. Okay. That's going to be up for debate. And it's obviously (laughs) going to be based on different people. have different opinions. In my opinion, it was fucking horrible. I haven't touched it. I wouldn't touch it. I wouldn't touch it. I wouldn't touch it before. And now I definitely wouldn't touch it. There is no way I'm willing to try that game. Not even if someone gifted it to me, would I try that game? I don't, I wouldn't even want to play it. Right. And there were a few reasons for why I wouldn't have played it that were outlined. So the main thing was this was a great time for two reasons. One, there's a lot of people that are like really disappointed with an MMORPG. And two, it's right after their development live stream where they made some big announcements that people would be excited about. For example, moving down Unreal Engine 5, which we've talked about tons. And if you're like, really? Tons? Yeah, check out the last uh, couple podcasts. Catch up on all of our rambling of tons. But those are important reasons that this interview happened. Overall, not a lot of stuff. So there were some points. I'm just going to go through, okay? I'm going to hit on these. And the gentleman here, they've got the, the bullet point right up. But if you if you want the, the long and short of it, I'm going to hit on some of the main things. I'm going to go through it quickly. So a few of the points that really stood out was, you know, they asked, did the vision change much since the game's development? Most of it really didn't because a lot of it resonated with people. Right. And he made a point to note not wanting to introduce scope creep. Right. Which was, was a very important thing for him to note specifically for people that might be coming in and hearing about the game for the first time, because so many other games in development, MMORPGs have been guilty of this. One of the shining examples of that is Star Citizen. Is It is like the best example of scope creep I can come up with. If you look up scope creep in the dictionary, I'm pretty sure there's just a <laughs> link to Star Citizen there. <laughs> Good, then. This was an important note. This was one of the newer important notes, okay? When asked where they stand in development. If you're not really sure of all that, go check out Ashes HQ's article. All the development stuff and where they're at was outlined in more detail there from the last developer live stream. But the thing that stood out that was new, at least in my mind, was he said, Alpha 2 is planned to have or be one half of the world space available during testing at 220 square kilometers, roughly. Right. So that's a little under 
If they hit 220, that's actually under because 480 square kilometers at launch with up to 100 square kilometers to include the under ohm per the team. So 220, that's a little under half of the open world. Whether or not that's to include under ohm, I don't know. That's pretty damn big, man. That's about triple the size of Alpha One Island yeah. for reference. He, he, he mentioned that was about 70 kilometers squared. Yep. So good reference. So that's pretty exciting, huh? Mm -hmm. That's damn exciting. That's a lot of content. That is a and lot. he mentioned like a lot of the game final content is supposed to be coming online in that Alpha 2 environment. So mm -hmm. what we see there might be a little bit more accurate resemblance of the finished product. Yeah, and as I'm going through this, gentlemen, if you have any thoughts, if any, you know, you had any sort of feedback, feel free to just chime on in, you know, as I'm going through this. So here we are at only a couple of the bullet points. That's pretty significant. Like it's either really good reinforcement or it's definitely giving us a little bit more information. So we know we're not getting an alpha two date, right? Not not until they're good and ready. But it's good to get an idea pretty of what. Much. Yeah. <laughs> what? What, Basil? Pretty much. <laughs> yeah. You're not getting a date until they're like, all right, here you go. Because like Stephen even said in this interview, they've learned through time not to not to announce anything they feel very confident or have a pretty good general idea so even if they're having to move that goalpost it's not really much um productivity productivity was a question related to the pandemic um and this was actually pretty good so you know he said he believed that they're basically back to a pre-pandemic productivity state meaning whatever impact from the pandemic did hit them that he feels like they're kind of back to where they were before that that's great to hear he stated the issue with the pandemic mostly was impacting onboarding of new staff, something he's he's reflected on more than once in development live streams the past year plus. He said that there are over 120 people working on the project, and he stated on growth that the staff from March of 2020 to July of 2021 staff grew by 30 people. And that onboarding those people was a pretty difficult feat because of what we mentioned previously. That they were getting ready to ramp up more studio members. If this is news to you, you it isn't going to be news if you checked out the last development live stream. But aiming to hit, this is what's important, 170 to 175 staff this next year. So plans to grow roughly what? Another 40, 45 members is the goal. That's pretty significant compared to the last year. He said, I'll go on ahead. How, how many employees do they have? 120 so, over 120. Sorry. And I, I want to I frame this correctly. 120 people working on the project. I don't know how many are in studio and Intrepid versus potentially contracted. Oh, yeah, that's a good clarification. Yeah, mm. yeah. And the final point on productivity that he mentioned was that he reinforced once again the importance to cultivate a culture that they have for the studio and ensuring that people are essentially of that sort of cloth, so to speak. Something he has adhered to. I mean, it's probably a part of his recruitment vision that he's had since all the way back in, since we've been covering the thing. 
So it's important that he's continuing to reinforce upon, this is what I'm getting at. You're going to hear more of this. And this is why I'm saying this is very important because he's reinforcing upon key discussion points and statements that he has made or the studio has made in regard to their vision or their plans for the game from the very beginning. These are the reasons that I'm putting all these things out. He said, though, that once make sure that the environment, that the employees fit the culture and that the environment is an environment that employees want to be a part of when they come into work. What a hell of a time to be reinforcing upon, again, these things that he said he stated previously in a time when, quite frankly, game devs aren't always getting a good a good go at it. And Blizzard is an unfortunate, great example and great, not in a positive way, just great, large example uh, of where this, quite frankly, doesn't happen. Um, and there are probably plenty of other examples, but that's the one that stands out for good reason. Lots of examples, lots of industries. Absolutely. Sure. I think one more important point to touch on here as well, and it's to a, a question that came up in chat here from Skylark, yep. is their plan is to, he, he doesn't like the idea of hiring people, hiring devs True. just for the project and then having to fire them and let them go later. Yes. And, and he kind of elaborated this a little bit more going into yep. the monthly subscription model of the game and how right. it's supposed to basically generate an, an ongoing income that you can basically bank on yep. and how having that type of subscription model requires that up game maintenance to be maintained. It requires development of new content on a reasonable timeline to keep yeah. players engaged in the game and therefore subscribing to the game so they haven't stated specifically positions around game maintenance but right. it is something that they're not planning on letting people go once the game's developed so a lot of the people that are there will either be focused on developing new content slash or making the game uh, maintaining the game in its current state Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. That, that was something that I was thinking about all through um, kind of the, the ramp up here as well is that he's like really like wickedly smart about how he's managing his resources. And, and I feel like it just gives the impression he just has a real, I think there was a, some discussion later on about funding and all of yes. that. And, um, but it just, this was just like the first, bullet for me that really resonated on the business side of it which we tend to get some of that right through the live streams but being able to kind of really hear his philosophy on how he wants to hire how they're using and leveraging the money they have you know it's it's a very practical approach which you know we've seen some studios that just mm -hmm. ramp up super quick just yeah. to kind of get something out the door and being honest, that's not always the greatest quality because it's a rushed yeah. product. This is something yeah. that's very methodical in the approach. And that was like Stephen being Stephen, right? He was just very methodical and explained really well. And I think this was just yet another like way to reinforce like how strong of a vision he has in terms yeah. of how he not only wants to create the world but also how he wants to run his company yeah. which i think it's a i think 
by I don't know whether this was by design or not, but it's definitely feels like a very good recruitment <laughs> pitch as well. It is. Right. As you see all these studios, as you know, as you said, right, that aren't doing the right things by the people that work for them and their product suffers because of it. Now you've got, you know, somebody that's really, you know, taking that and and doing the good thing. And obviously that has great benefits here. Absolutely. Right? Yeah. And I think it's a that's a very important point too. And I, I wanted to I wanted to actually kind of reference to, you know, rushing games out. New world. Yeah. Every opportunity I get. You know why? Because I'm sorry that shit is basic. That was yeah. basic. There's nobody that's gonna convince me that was not the most basic thing. That's a, that's like the most basic checkbox to make sure you check before you launch a game, right? Yeah, and, and I can speak to that. I mean, I've got over 400 hours in that game, right? So I've seen it all, and there were so many missteps that you would never think a company of Amazon's size yeah. and scope would let out the door. I mean, you can, and I've very rarely. Um, jump into an MMO that I feel is a cash grab. And I was not thinking that Amazon would go that route, but this literally after playing it for as long as I did, it felt like a cash grab at the end of the day. Um, You know, you got people in by just having a box cost and no subscription. And it was, I would say in relative scale, like, uh, you know, I would say a mid-level cost for people to get in. But then at that point, you know, like if you retain people, you don't care at that point because you're not paying anything ongoing. And like you said, a lot of these things were basic. I mean, when you have like duplication bugs and like the ability to crash people through text and all these like really simple things that you should be able to test for. And anyone that has any knowledge in the industry should be able to do Mm -hmm. or you either that, or you don't throw enough resources there to really tweak that out and test that properly. I mean, Mm -hmm. that's really super basic. And yeah. And I know they didn't mention the name of it, but it was very clear from the points that they were talking about in this interview, exactly what they meant. And it's, it's honestly, it's a total like cautionary tale, shame on you, Amazon game studios. Right. And, and shame on publishers that just let these things go out Mm -hmm. because they just want to make a quick buck. I mean, they're not thinking about the long game. And that's I mean, one thing that it, I think Steven is doing for sure is thinking about the long game. I mean, there's there's a lot to go into it. Like especially when when you talk about the company as big as Amazon because you're not just dealing with a publisher and no. Amazon, you're dealing with a lot of investors who are telling, yeah. "Ah, yes, where's my money?" My money. Totally. <laughs> Which much. yeah, and that was a great that's a great point because that's what Steven in this interview made a point to outline and pretty much yeah and and like i'm not i'm not gonna compare games i'm mostly going to talk business here and what steven is doing for the past like years he has his he had his ups and downs but 
mostly he's going through the right course. He's yeah. waiting patiently, choosing no. the right moves, hiring the right people for the right job, and mm -hmm. not pushing the game when it's not ready. Yep, he's giving it as much time as it takes, and he he knows that. Yeah. Um, and the, the the main big difference between Amazon and Steven, Steven is it's it's his own baby it's coming out of his own pockets there's a very big difference when someone who is striving to make the perfect game mm -hmm. compared to oh let me get some money make a game <laughs> you know yeah uh, which you know there was a few bullet points i'm just going to kind of bounce around since our conversations are naturally you know kind of gravitating that direction but one of the bullet points that i was able to take some notes on was you know when they had asked about project funding you know, uh, are there concerns? He said, there's no concerns with keeping staff on because we talked about that earlier, right? Because he hires for jobs that are going to be long-term jobs, not for jobs that are just going to be short-term. Um, he talked about also that him and his husband are funding it, you know, that they, they basically had set sort of like ideas for what they maybe were, you know, they were thinking they might, you know, spend, but anticipating if it was more, and they quickly, it sounds like, realized that it was going to be more, that they realized that it would likely be more. Uh, and that, you know, when it, when it comes to a cost-benefit analysis, you know, they're seeing it through to completion. You know, that's, that's the difference, right? A board's not doing that. Investors aren't doing that. They are. They're doing that. Everything else is supplemental. And, you know, all of the cosmetics, the Kickstarter, it's all supplemental, Right. It's supplemental. It is not it is not the majority of the funding for this game. Be clear. But one point to address them is, is mm. that the investors, it's not like they can't do what Steven is doing. They can. True. 100 percent can. 100 percent true. Not to. Absolutely right, because they focus more on the bottom line, not the quality of the game's launch. They, they look at getting back or a return on their investment, 100% true. Exactly. And like, yeah, I actually have a lot of relatives and other people outside my family that when I explain the gaming industry to them, they're like not really interested about the gaming part. They're interested about the money aspect. Mm -hmm. of it. So, so mm -hmm. I don't like blame Amazon for having these types of people in that certain type of project. They might not understand fully, but that's what they have, <laughs> really. See, and I blame them 100%. Respectfully, I have a different perspective. And that's just because I am, I think, at a place where I am just not willing to be understanding of anybody that's going, yo, it's, I get, like, the investor's perspective, right? But I take that out of the equation, and I go, if you're wanting to deliver a product to people, a lot of people, and you know historically that there have been these particular issues that have not resonated well with people, you purposefully, in my mind, in my opinion, chose that you just don't give a damn that you'd rather do this anyway because the other thing matters more. You know, and that I mean, is that is it. And this is where my other point comes in. I cannot blame them. <laughs> It's fair. If you see the entire industry going it, uh, through that yes. direction, it just would be sensible. Yo, sure. man, listen, like this is this is sure. how we're gonna make the game. This is how we're sure. gonna make the book. Right, and sure. they're still it's making money doing? at this point. Yes. Right, they still see totally. some profit. Exactly. Yeah. 
And that's what the is, point. You're going yeah. over yep. over the like you said, Sim, the bottom line is yep. more important than it's customer satisfaction. Traveled. I say it exactly. all the time. It's the like Faisal saying too, it's the road most, road most traveled. You know, why worry about the other path if this is what's gonna guarantee make you the money, the return on investment you want. Why? Why go the other why way? Why go? Why go against the river if it's going <laughs> to risk you so much? It, no, it's a fair point. It's a completely fair point, right? So, with that being said, important note because as he's discussing funding, he talks about the fact that they do pay attention to, right, the return on investment. That they look at all of the numbers and the analytics and the signups and all of that, which granted, user signing up to a website does not equate to any X amount of money, right? That isn't, but they're looking at all of that, looking at the metrics and that, you know, him and John are both pretty, they're, they're comfortable with the, the risk. They feel confident. And he made another important point, which I think is very, very important. It's a, Right. Subscription model game with no box costs. We always repeat this. You don't have to get pay anything. He said this himself. I've said it for years. You don't have to pay a damn thing. You can wait till the day the game launches, pay the subscription cost of 15 bucks, roughly 14.99, whatever it's going to be exactly. Right. Which is equitable to what a subscription for World of Warcraft or any other subscription model games are. You could do that. In this day, right, when you got games like Square Enix, they're going, yo, we're going to raise the box cost of our games to $70. That's something that happened recently, right? Cost of It costs more money these days to make a game. It, it just does than it did before because, well, things in the world tend to cost more now too. So $15 is a pretty damn good price considering the type of content you could get in a month. And the test that you could get in a month to try it if you want to continue doing it or not. You don't have to do anything. You can literally wait till the day the damn game launches, can't you? You don't have to get a pre-order pack. You didn't have to kickstart it. You don't have to do anything. You wait till day one. Everybody can. So it's, that, That's the beauty of it. And you mentioned that with the open development cycle, too. Is yep. You can sit back and actually watch and, watch. and still contribute your thoughts and opinions. Mm-hmm through any of their public channels yep. and you know you can still have an impact without actually paying anything right now right. and that, that that's huge yeah it's important because he's telling everybody look it's another great point when all this stuff's happened with other games and they're saying look we don't worry about spending money just come hang out be a part of it tell us what you think day one if you feel like you want to make that decision totally your call Right. There's no box cost. Most games, New World had a box cost. Mm -hmm. If those people hated their experience, they were out more. I'll be honest, the box cost is why I didn't try New World, because I know that I don't have a ton of time to put into it on a a daily basis. So uh, uh, the barrier to entry was just too high for how much time I was going to put into it. And by the time I was kind of like humming and hawing about it, there was already enough feedback around the game that was just like, well, doesn't sound like it's going to be a positive experience no. beyond the first few hours. So why bother? Yeah. Do I mm. want to take that risk? Mm. Right. And I so, actually know a couple of people yeah. who are willing to buy a boss cut. Oh, a lot of people are. 
and and yeah. are unwilling to to subscribe to again. I know a lot of those people too. Yeah, there's I mean different business models. That's a that's like that's a great conversation. I've got a I've actually we're gonna put a flag on that one because I've got a conversation of sorts. Probably will make its way on here as a specific discussion point yet again because it's an important one because there are a lot of different people who have different preferences and that's absolutely one cut of the of the population for sure some people would they don't want to pay a box they they don't want a subscription they'll pay a box cost they don't want to have to pay anything monthly period they just want to pay for the content play the game pay for the expansion play the game no you know you could play like eso you could do that you could just buy the content updates essentially which is expansions dlcs base game whatever not pay a subscription but there is a hindrance Right. But there's a lot of people that just prefer I want the hindrance, just want pay for the content, play the game. It don't ask me for anything else. But, you know, there were some other discussion points. I don't know if the barred one was one you want to really hit on, but they did ask him on archetypes. Um, there wasn't really a whole lot there, but he did use the bard as an example of. And I thought this was important, too, because he did state something that was it was clarifying they in-house consider the base classes scratch that they consider those eight archetypes as archetypes and they consider the combination the classes so that was a good clarification to kind of help really frame the narrative concretely for people because i think we've been using archetype and class interchangeably for a long time now i've called them classes because i feel like you know better than call it an archetype but this is a good framework yeah on the bard piece um i really liked that discussion there just because i would say i wasn't always a support class player but i got into it in a few games and i really missed it as like i played some mainstream stuff like wow right it was always the trinity the trinity mm -hmm. was it you know, it moved away from the need for support type abilities. Um, and, and a lot of people don't really necessarily get support. They think, well, support equals healer, right. right? That isn't necessarily true. It's a lot of other things, right? There's crowd control. There's force multiplier, which is what a bard is, right? And I really PC like that. Machine. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> and that's what I like about this discussion is like, I felt like in other games when they, they've had a support class, it hasn't been as important in in terms of like the use and the utility in the game. I really like the fact that he once again reinforced how much thought they're putting into how they want the bard and that archetype to play. They want it to be mobile. They want it to be proximity based. They want it to be a vital part of a party that made me really happy because I have I have missed games that have that as an option. Uh, mm. And and I'm glad to see that they're bringing that back and they're really doing their due diligence to make sure it's good um, and that their approach is always uh, and the reiterated their approach on balance, too, mm -hmm. is that one V one isn't going to be the way they look at things, which is fine. It's just going to mean that there's going to be different strategy 
for um, players to be able to learn you know how how to synergize groups more mm. effectively and i think you know a support class was is gonna be a really great thing in this game so i'm really happy to see them double down on that yet again yeah mm-hmm. i was very happy to see or to hear him talk about how in so many games now that support role has just kind of bled into the other classes and you get such incredible power creep in those individual classes when you start giving them all of these support abilities so Mm -hmm. extracting those from those other classes and housing them within their own classes is going to very much exemplify the importance of those classes in your party and it's also going to make that small scale pvp that much more exciting because you're not just going to have crazy op classes that have 16 cooldowns that they can cycle through and it's just a a battle of attrition like there's actually going to be some kill shot potential there and you know like you said he talked about balancing a bit and that is going to be a thing in alpha 2 that they're going to be starting to focus on a little bit is that class Mm -hmm. balancing in the group size it's going to be a group meta when it comes to class balancing so the when we talk about things like the arena where there will be one-on-ones and two V twos or three V threes as a competitive PVP focus, there will be those outstanding classes. Like these are the ones that you want to pick. If you want to be on top, if you want to be competitive at the higher levels and it'll be interesting to see what classes come to be there without those support abilities to kind of empower and bolster certain things. So I'm excited to see where that lands and it's going to be a huge focus point when that (laughs) testing phase comes around. I agree with that, man. You know, as we were talking about this combination between alpha two and testing, and we were talking about the new world reference and, you know, all of that stuff. And like, you know, what are they going to be testing for in alpha? So it was it was important because he he didn't mention, too, when he talked about the gameplay, he, t- he used the important term, which I usually reference it differently. But he used the term that I really like, which is term. It's called loop fatigue. Loop fatigue talking about that was a cool term. It was a good term. It was a really good way to frame what we talk about all the time. Right. And he's talking about uh, basically that it's that it's that it's the systems in your game. It's the gameplay loop you're getting people to engage in. And the ones that tend to burn people out are it's like this monotonous sort of thing. We've I've mentioned all the time when I talk about World of Warcraft. Right. When I talk about other games, like I think if I had played New World, New World would have been a great reference for that sort of loop fatigue. Um, and he even like reinforced upon talking about their monetization model, speaking about how like, you know, if you're if if you you got people paying and they're not willing to pay a subscription, if they're not playing the game anymore, they're not interested in it, they're not engaging in your gameplay, like your systems, right? Then then that gameplay loop's probably burning people out. Like it's probably something about your game that's not developed well. You're not releasing content that's captivating people, then they're probably not going to want to be a part of the game, right? So he talked about like the importance of keeping people subscribing is that you are as a developer creating, you know, content that is interesting to people that isn't sort of creating loop fatigue, that isn't doing that. And uh, when he talked about alpha two, 
he did talk about some of the things that they wanted to be focusing on, for example, balancing, that that's a big part of what Alpha 2 is going to be about. Here are some of the focal points outlined. Hit the bullet points. World development, node development, point of eyes coming online, which is points of interest. Cumbersome, it's you know, is it going to be cumbersome to, to wait for advancement of these things to come online? Or do people, you know, have other things to do that they're engaging in, that they're enjoying? Um, the variance in visual appeal, the different node types, the layout, the community interaction around building the world elements. You know, he said that community feedback is a very big point. Uh, in helping them to steer the development throughout testing phases, something again he's reinforced upon a lot. But he also mentioned nodes, and he mentioned that they're not something that just sort of ticks in the background and does it on its own. That you're a player agency. He didn't use the word player agency, but he referenced it. Player agency is the driving focal point how these things develop and come online and um <laughs> and this i just think it was really good that that he kind of noted these things too because um yeah a, a lot of a lot of the testing in alpha one was kind of monotonous right that they they had a 350 uh i think roughly he said a count of around 350 in the august test siege that they got a lot of the data they wanted they weren't doing a lot of that there. They weren't focusing on those bullet points there. Um, use the term crossroads, though, and no development. And I just got to say, I'm going to reinforce upon this again. Even the episode title is called The Crossroads. Interestingly enough, before the interview, interestingly enough, crossroads will pop up on your screen in testing right now and it's not the actual name of a node i'm kind of wondering man if we're keeping crossroads maybe we ought to rename it crossroads because it's a little confusing for people in the alphas it has been all the way back to alpha zero because you'd see crossroads and they're like what level is that it's that first stage it's literally what stage that's one's that's called one yeah when it pops up What's what's stage one called? If you know your nodes, friends, for for those of you that are like, uh, Sim, I don't know. You're asking me our questions. You can do beautiful things like that right there. You can do beautiful things like that and go check it out on the HQ. So I got those commands in chat for you. Exclamation nodes, baby. Exclamation in pretty much any term. It'll take you there. What does it tell you? Anybody first one in chat? Who's the winner? Winner. No chicken dinner. Anybody? Friends? <laughs> no. Not encampment. Oh. Those people off all the time. Encampment's actually stage two. Those people yep. off all the time. Every we used to do these in our trivias, remember? And I get y'all with it. You're telling me I need to do trivia again, so you tell me. Okay, we'll do a trivia again on Tuesday. To, to get you in on, on the knowing your stuff and things. Yeah, it's a freaking expedition. Maybe we had just call it crossroads, man. Oh, I think Expeditions is fun. So maybe yeah. we got to call it Expedition when it pops up in game then? I don't mind. I mean, you, this is this is my thought process. Like, you, you're going into a barren land and, and you're just like, okay, <laughs> let's, let's do an expedition to actually go somewhere or settle somewhere. I agree. You know? Makes sense to me too, right? 
at the crossroads. I, I always thought of expedition as kind of that's your party venturing out. Like we're going on an expedition. Right. This is our group exactly. that's traveling out with the caravan or whatever. If you settle somewhere, now now I can see it being okay. This is a crossroads. Yeah, assuming you've got intersecting roads. I mean, it's and other it, crossroads, yeah. or settlement. and then it grows from there. Yeah, you can settlement. Settle. Settlement would settlement. be another appropriate one too. Settlements cool. Uh, expeditions have base camps too, right? So yeah, I mean, I, right. It could be a base camp. <laughs> base exactly. camp. Right. Expedition also makes sense, right? Because I feel like they're synonymous. It's just context. Because yeah. you've got an expedition, and your first stopping point as an expedition is where you're gathering. So it's like you could go any any way, but it confuses people. I'm just sharing feedback, right? It's a constructive criticism. It does confuse people because I'm. St- Still to this day doing trivia and catching people off guard because we'll be talking about stuff like this and they're just like they're like I don't know man I don't know Sim I, I, I like off. what Ashes of Nero yeah. said Crossroads requires roads <laughs> <laughs> it's funny right it's true it does it's a a funny point it's funny because it's it's accurate I get it so I'm just throwing it out there if they end up hearing this they end up watching this one Um, we get Steven on sometime in the near future again coming up on our anniversary for whatever how many years it's i don't know man i don't know how many years it's been now three four or something what is it yeah is it four what 20 yeah it's 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 been five because at least five and just a little over five years yeah almost hard for me to keep in check or whatever but that's probably a question i'm gonna have to ask can we you know have you thought about renaming it to help people feel less confused and more in you know in sync with what the terminology is being referenced on your website because it is what they use on the websites how do i know because i had to use that information to build asheshq.com as well as the wiki so yes there we go we've hit on a good bit of points i think there's a couple more to hit on though he, he did talk about lessons learned from other games we've already hit on that right it, the main thing he hit was issues with publishers boards a shame when they're rushed calling it a big disservice. Again, he made a very important statement that I'm seeing getting criticized already. You know which one I'm talking about? I'm going to assume it's the PvP one. No. The one that's being that's being uh, criticized a bit and people are going Sim might, you know, think, think he needs to maybe like tone it down a little bit. Nobody? Only thing I can think of else is like calling it a disservice about Russian kings. Mm-mm. That he believes that Ashes of Creation will be probably one of the biggest launches and probably one of the greatest MMORPGs. That's, I absolutely that can see why that would be mm-hmm. heavily criticized. criticized, and until until it's backed up with <laughs> facts and numbers, mm-hmm. it will be, mm-hmm. and that's fair. I, I think he. He he wouldn't say that expecting any different. True. But at the same time, yeah. if they are able to deliver on their promises, I don't I, I don't necessarily disagree yeah. with, with that statement, you know? Uh will it be the most? Will it be the biggest? Hard to say. Time will tell. But I think it can be held in the same regard. We'll know several years mm-hmm. after launch. But I think mm-hmm. we're going to need several years after launch to truly let the dust settle, not just that initial wave, right. which is what a box cost would would bring on, would be, bring that initial wave of, oh, True. we sold this many units in our first week. Ashes won't be measured necessarily the same way. 
It, it will be right. a subs- how many active subscriptions do we have? And, and we'll know that as a good measure over time. It'll be a good metric to come back mm-hmm. after a year, two years, three years after the launch cycle and see where it sits. But I think mm-hmm. it can be there. Yeah. And to be clear, I'm just sharing sentiment. Right. I've been supporting this damn thing and covering it for five plus years now. I believe in it. I was I had. Less optimism in the earlier days, because like many, I need to see evidence to support what they're saying. Five years, I got plenty of it for myself. I know it's evidence and it's definitely perspective. Not everybody has. But I agree with it. I'm just sharing the information, right? Because I, you know, as a content creator, I I got my, you know, finger on the tap, on the pulse. I, I pay attention to what, you know, other other people are saying and thinking, what they're sharing, what they're viewing, you know, how they're framing it. I believe it. I don't think he's, I don't think he's wrong. And I think simply because i do i think that it, the game launch is going to be perfect no no game launches especially this size is going to go perfectly no matter how much you plan for it do i think you're going to have a dip in how many people are playing the game absolutely because there's plenty of people that are going to decide it's not for them fair enough but in the grand scheme of things do i think it has the potential to be one of the greatest mmorpgs that we've seen i do and i have confidence that it probably will be because of how they're choosing to navigate development. That is my reinforcing reason for why I believe that. Been reinforced it, upon. It, it's a big thing that stands out is yeah. Steven is a very good reference point to gamers and gamer culture and has an understanding and ran his idea past people to see what people want. like he mentioned that right off the top of the interview is like i had this idea but i didn't know if people would buy in and agree with my points of view of what was good in other games and what was bad and you know he refined his scope and and here we are i think that's a big place where you know like amazon probably failed as they had don't have a ton of experience in the gaming industry and it feels like their market analysis of gamers was absolutely minimal if their goal was to to make early money, they did that well. If their goal was to produce a longstanding game, then they totally failed to do proper market analysis to be like, okay, this is the product we need to deliver to create that our customers are going to want to buy and continue to reinforce. I like if if you're doing any major product launch as a company, that that's huge. It's understanding the demographic that you're targeting and what they're going to want, mm-hmm. what they're going to buy, right. what they're going to endorse. So, you know, Amazon's a great <laughs> a, a great uh, example of where where that was the ball was dropped. Now you can look at a company like Blizzard and where they fail to sometimes meet that metric. I, I, I can't explain that one so easily, but Intrepid doesn't have that. This is a long standing goal that they have to yeah. grow this IP into something much bigger. So to, to state that Ashes is going to be one of the biggest MMOs, knowing that this is their focus, this is their design philosophy, and that they are privately funded, and they will wait and delay. He even mentioned in the interview that they he anticipated mm-hmm. that the game probably would have been launched by now from his initial uh, understanding of things. And to see that they're still several years out, most likely, he's okay with that and still funding it privately 
to ensure that the product delivered right. is going to be long standing. That is what's going to make Ashes so successful. Building the franchise, homies. That's why he, he he's in it for the long game, and I'm I'm in it for the long game too, which is why I'm good with it because. I want a damn Ashcon, man, because I know I'm never going to another BlizzCon again. If they even continue to have them, they canceled this next one that was coming up, which was like, whoa, and a virtual one, I think, the year before. And then this one, there's like, not nah, doing it this year. And I was like, damn, not at all. Yeah. Not even a virtual one. Like, damn. Sucks. Well, one thing, one thing I will before. say about Amazon and Blizzard um, is there is you could have the greatest market research in the world. All right. The bottom line is you have to execute. Yep. Right. And in that the case of Amazon is. Game Studios, I don't know what went into their plan in terms of execution, but you know, totally agree they failed. They missed some really major boxes mm-hmm. to check right. in order to be a long-term success. You hit that on the head. As far as Blizzard, Blizzard lost touch with the player base and they just repeated the same gameplay. Exactly. They're they're a perfect example of stop listening, man, to the community. Yeah. yeah. They're just saying, okay, well, we know what's gonna give us the most profit. Right. Right. Well, I guess they speculated that that would be what would be the most profit. Yeah. But the bottom line is is they get a surge of resubs when something new comes out. People realize, you know, for the most part, unless you're hardcore into it, which is, you know, totally a choice, right? I'm not saying that that's wrong. But they realize and then they lose that market share again. And then it comes back like in a cyclical nature. And they've just found a way to navigate that as opposed to, right, something like we were talking about here with Intrepid is they're looking at building this slowly, building it with quality. And then that's how you sustain it. I mean, like this, we were just talking about before the podcast, like games like The Witcher 3 and some some others that have many years after they launch still sustaining an audience, right? Because those were games made of good quality, right? Let's not talk about the most recent stuff with CD project, but that's, Uh, I mean, that's what kept people playing that game many years after and people continue to purchase it now is because there's just a lot of quality and depth in that game that you don't get necessarily in other products, right? In the same genre. So I would say that. And I, I mean, yeah, it's definitely, there's a lot of confidence and, you know, and a bit of just natural cockiness with saying, Hey, we're going to be the most big and, you know, successful and largest MMO, you know, or one of the biggest and largest MMOs, but it, I think it's it was said in chat, if they meet their vision, then they're going to execute on that, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, that's that's the way I look at it. Again, even though there are certain aspects of the game that I'm not necessarily intimately familiar with or have played significantly, like, say, PvP, right? I haven't been a huge PvP player. Even though there's things like that that I, I have now motivation to learn it, whereas in other games, no, not really. I'm just, I'm, it's not interesting to me. This because there's meaning behind the conflict and there's yeah. things that he's doing to try to be smarter about those karma systems, like yeah. P- PVP and yep. you know, etc. I mean, it, it it's just it feels like at least what we're hearing is exactly what is needed in order to 
um, breathe some life back into the industry. Yeah, so I think that's a really good reference point. So he he did mention as well, uh, and he did talk about this. And I'm going to go ahead and share it in chat if you're not aware of the flagging system in PvP. There it is for you on the HQ. You can go check it out. The the flagging system, or you know, like the karma, the corruption system, is what we're talking about when we kind of piggyback off that flagging system. the The corruption system in Ashes of Creation is one that is aimed to support the idea of consensual PvP. Right. And that this is the checks and balances that they're working on placing to to sort of help with that PK griefing problem, which actually I'm realizing that's our dev discussion and we're running on time. So we need to chip away at this and get to that quickly. OK, um, so let me hit on some of the other points. He did talk about taming animal husbandry, um, essentially just like the difference between like a summoned combat pet from your inventory versus a summoner summon, which is part of a class kit. Um, so the clarification was made there. He talked about publishers in areas like Japan, Korea, uh, Southeast Asia, et cetera, et cetera um, that they are looking at that, but it's got to make sense. Obviously, they've talked about the importance that they stay true to their vision if someone is stepping into publishing those areas or other regions. And yeah, it, let's kind of let's kind of piggyback and, and kind of move from that idea of the corruption system into talking about the dev discussion on griefing okay the dev discussion on griefing was the most recent one perfect segue into it the question was what do you consider acceptable behavior in an mmo or pvp based situation and where do you draw the line at griefing we've had this conversation before right i lead this question i'm predominantly talking to you all that listen to this that are in chat, that are watching this on YouTube. You're all Pathfinders too. I'm talking to y'all, right? A lot of people have concerns and we've revisited this topic a lot, right? Oh, okay, cool. Well, great. That's good to know. Our, our gentlemen here are like, nah, Sim, we can carry this motherfucking torch, bro. We can carry this torch, bro. Ain't nobody working here. Okay, Sim ain't gotta rush it. Cool. This is a good topic that'll last a little while, actually. Griefing. There are a lot of people that see this game and go, PvP, open world, I'm not trying to get ganked all the time, running around collecting my herbs. And I go back to homie and chat, as all Sparrow was talking about it, saying, most people I know like PvE and they don't really care for PvP. I want to I wanna give you a frame of reference. In the Elder Scrolls Online right now, I am watching a growing division that has existed, but it's growing, right? We'll, we'll get back to the question while we watch people in chat. It gives us something to kind of like reference as we're talking about it. I'm watching the growing culture of division between community members that are on the PVE camp and the PVP camp. And I'll tell you what is serving as a catalyst for this growing division. The the CEO, or sorry, the creative director, right? Rich Lambert slash Lurk on Twitch. He does streams sometimes. And his moderators banned somebody asking about fixing performance. Right? Uproar. People are in an uproar because it looks like censorship. And I would agree it does. And then you joke and laugh about it and it doesn't look good on the company with further reinforcements happening to where now they're talking about we're working on this and you see people in the comments, man, 
You see people in the comments sections, both on Twitter, right? On streams, on forums, and the it is a growing division that you can see resonate on those social media platforms, community forums, in the chat, in zones. I'm sharing this because it's important. There are a lot of people that like PvE, and there are a lot of people that don't like PvP, and vice versa. Some people, they all like their own thing. Here's the thing. If the systems exist in the game, you're going to have them. And Ashes is aiming to do something to help sort of balance that out. So consensual PvP is there. I love world PvP. I miss it in games. You can't do that in ESO. You can't do that in a lot of games. You don't, you, you got to load in between zones or whatever, and that stuff gets kind of tedious. But the growing division is very apparent. The PvEers are annoyed with the PvPers for constantly bringing it up. And the PvPers look at the PvEers as a bunch of like, you know, squishy little Care Bears that don't, that, that you know, basically are just like want to play the casual route and they're the casuals. There are casuals and there are hardcores, there are PvPers and there are PvEers in any game where those systems exist because they are there to engage in those systems. But griefing is at the heart of that division, in my opinion, because a PvPer who really enjoys engaging in that might view griefing very differently than a PvEer who doesn't want to engage in that system and might view it very differently because they just want to go run around and er you know, gather their herbs and someone kills them. They look at that and they might, that person say, that's griefing. Because I didn't, I didn't fight back. Well, that's the answer, isn't it? Corruption's the answer to not to being a non-combatant. You don't fight back in Ashes of Creation. You get killed by somebody. They gain corruption. You lose a little bit of your stuff. But anyway, gentlemen, hit on a lot of stuff. I set a foundation. Jump in on anything you'd like, and I'm going to be looking at the chat. Feel free to check in on that, too, because there's a bunch of comments. Yeah, definitely a lot of uh, stuff in chat. I mean, personally, like I mean, I said before, right, I'm not a PvP player by nature, but I will say I have engaged in PvP. And when there's an objective and that objective isn't being like private first class, Philip a, you know, asshat, then then I'm OK with it. So like something that I would say is not uh something I would agree with is spawn camping. And right. that is something that I've seen that is a griefing tactic or ganking low levels. That takes no skill whatsoever. You know, running around in a zone where you're 15 levels higher than every like other player in that zone, that says to me, like, you don't know how to PvP or you would rather, you know, mess up somebody's day than actually do something that has some meaning to it. And one of the things that really caught me about and and what sold me about the pvp and ashes of creation mm. was two words meaningful conflict yes right that's totally. what i was missing in other games that had open world pvp was meaningful conflict if there's an objective if i'm saying okay hey there's a bunch of folks right that i'm i need to take out because they're going to you know cause me not to achieve my objective for my faction or for my party or whatever it is, then in my opinion, that's, you know, that's totally acceptable behavior. But when you're repeatedly like 
killing someone just because you can. Um, and, and that to me is griefing. And that's where I draw the line. I'm not against PVP. I'm not, you know, I'm not the one of the kind of people that, oh, if I lose in a PVP battle, then that means I'm being griefed or somebody's hacking, right? right? I don't want those people because I know my skill isn't up there. But what I don't support is anything where there's just no like objective behind it other than just pissing off someone. <laughs> uh, right. That, that's that's in my opinion, right? Now there are certain things you could do to mess with them. I mean, we we talked about it in a prior podcast, you know, dark sim going like you know, roguelike and sapping okay. people and then just yes, giving okay. them a little bit of anticipation, right. right? Right. That's okay, but you're not going in and repeatedly Ooh. killing them and right. waiting for them to right. right. I mean, but but there is blood for the blood god. This is murder bunny. There's dialogue. blood for the blood Clip god, it. but then there's mur- the, there's murder, murder bunny. bunny, dark side murder bunny. If that's a possible, that's even darker <laughs> than murder bunny. Is dark side murder bunny? He's like with the teeth, you know, vicious little teeth. I think it's like, funny. You know, that's my teeth. <laughs> like, here's my definition on griefing: it is when you are purposefully killing someone with the intent or parent intent to essentially harm their gameplay experience, stop them from doing something, be toxic. You know what I mean? You're, you're like, you're, you're not, you're trying to make sure that they can't just engage in normal gameplay, right? Over and over and over mm. and over and over. That to me is griefing, right? Not I'm stopping somebody because if they get to a point strategically, that's going to impact us completing our mission as a community or something very different. But with- with that sense, people could use that as a gateway sure. to every single kill. Absolutely. Technically. See, Absolutely. and I, I think a big important thing there, though, like you talk about intent, but perception is intent. And if you're the person getting killed, you could easily perceive yes. that as griefing, right? If I'm out harvesting, mm-hmm. gathering stuff, and someone comes along and kills me because they want the resources I'm gathering, because they want to occupy that area, right. that's not griefing. That's intended gameplay. That's part True. of the design. If I respawn True. and I come back and they kill me again, right. they're protecting their area. This is a good point. And, right? So that's not griefing. Now, yeah. if they're just sitting there, and, and like Daedalus said, they're 15 levels higher and they're just there to kill me for the sake of killing me because their EP yes. got hurt when they lost to someone <laughs> of the same level. Well, that's griefing. Yes. And, and in a game like Ashes, I think griefing is going, you're going to have to have that understanding that people are going to come in because, and they're going to be stronger than you. They're going to outnumber you. They're just yeah. going to simply be more skilled than you, but they're not there to kill you yeah. per se. They're not targeting you as the player. They're not there to ruin your experience. They just want what you have. This, yeah. And they, they yep. have the agency to take it. Yep. And if they are willing to gain corruption to do that, True. that is their agency to do yes. so. The corruption system is there to deter yes. that action. Right. But it's not going to prevent it, and they're still going to be allowed to do that, and that's intended mm-hmm. gameplay. Yeah. So, you know, this will be tested a lot yeah. in alphas and betas, and there will be a lot of feedback around it, and the corruption system will be tweaked and tuned uh, accordingly. Yeah. But yes. that that is oh. part of the intended mm-hmm. gameplay, and that's an yep. important thing to understand. Yes. I'm going to get pissed off if somebody comes along and kills True. me while I'm out there trying to gather. That's going to really piss me off, right. especially when I'm a person that has very limited time Fair. to play the game. So this, to me, that is going to be perceived as griefing. That's going to be that's going to piss me off. Right. And if I 
if I can, yeah, I'll call up on a bunch of guildies, be like, hey, so-and-so just ganked me. Let's go over here and whoop his ass. Yes. But that is part of the gameplay. Yes. That is part of the community aspect. Yes. That's part of the community. That's part of yep. the MMO yep. in this game. Yes. And, you, and, you know. So Faisal, too. I just, I just want to put one point in there, is that you need to understand how the node system works. Because also true. how the game has revolved around is basically all the low level players and the high level players are, will, will be playing together in that exact area. So Absolutely. if you're trying to protect a certain area, you're basically not letting them farm or try to level up in that certain area. See, it's very different, so, though. But this is that perception piece, right? Because, like, to me... Right. I see someone picking herbs. To me, I'm picking herbs. Someone kills me. I could view that as griefing because of my, you know, my perception. But what I may not realize is, is that, you know, maybe I'm not part of the node or something and people recognize that because of a guild tag or something. Random example. We know we want to keep those resources in our node. So the difference of the two situations, and it could be as simple as, I'm farming my stuff. You're farming your stuff. I want the stuff. You're taking the stuff. I'm going to kill you so I can be the one that farms the stuff. Normal. That's a normal gameplay loot. That's like player agency one on one. But yeah, the difference is what's the what's the intention? How's it tie into the bigger thing? And this is where the corruption system comes into play and makes it all very interesting when it comes to consensual pvp because the counter to there is even a counter to the two people that are farming herbs and choosing to fight right because the person that is picking herbs gets attacked their big middle finger in the air to the other guy could be maybe i let them kill me enough and i don't fight back non-combatant they gain corruption and if they're not smart enough to understand how corruption works, I can bait them into that enough and then kill them and take what they got, including some of those materials and maybe even some of their damn gear if they got corrupt enough. The bounty hunter doesn't come to it first. Hold other layer to the whole thing. But it's very interesting, isn't it? That the idea on choice. You got to choose wisely. Got to make good decisions. You got to pay close attention because, man, I'm telling you, I think the people that get emotionally driven, you know what I mean? And go out for butter, like, he killed me. I'm going to get it back. Don't call for friends, none of that stuff. Just go back and forth with somebody. Someone in that equation is going to get really upset. Yeah, especially I mean, the per if it's the person that repeatedly gets their ass handed to them. Yeah, yep. they're going to get really yep. butthurt over it. Oh, yeah. yeah. It might ruin their experience, but at Could. the same time, that's their decision. And when they calm down, maybe they'll realize it. True. That's their decision to go back and keep engaging in True. that. Like if, if, if you're being outpowered and outclassed by someone, because one V one PVP is not going to be balanced at all. No. If you're going, scissors. if you're going in there as a rock against paper, you're going to have a bad time. Yeah. And, and if you keep deciding to go back there, feeding that because you're tilted choices, I have tilted. Well, full tilt. Hey, half tilted makes smart decisions. <laughs> after after the first couple goes, he, st he starts to make smart decisions. So it's only right? half tilt. Yeah, <laughs> a full tilt. Full tilt but, gets but you almost. 
this is sort of like, and there's a lot of back and forth going on in chat right now about what griefing is. Yeah. And I think it, it means different things in different games. Right. There, I see yeah, a big argument right now but, but behind I mean, I mean, griefing versus intended gameplay. Intended gameplay could still be pursued to the point of it being considered griefing. I mean, right? there's, like, there's that meaning and there's the other meaning, which is basically if I, if I enjoy killing other people and two, <laughs> if I gain something out of it. Yeah. That's what yeah, like if you're a murder bunny and you just want to watch people bleed. Yes, yes, indeed. <laughs> I mean, one thing that I think uh, Stephen said really well in the interview, and yeah. I think is important here as well, is they know people are going to make choices, and they're mm. going to make choices that cause them to gain corruption. This is this is essentially the diminishing return about bat that it. Uh, mm. he, they're putting in a diminishing return in bad behavior, which right. Which is important because, like, you know, the example that you shared, Sim, is if you get killed enough times and you don't fight back, they're one of two things is you don't have the power to really, you know, uh, compete with whoever is giving you that grief um, or, you know, you, you just don't have the skill. Right. Um, either way, that playing field is going to get leveled over time. Right. And there's going to be a bigger penalty not only greater experience stat, but loss of resources, loss of gear for the person that's doing the thing that isn't encouraged by the game, right? And and I'm okay with a system like that. I, I totally agree with your distinction, Half Tilt, about you know somebody coming, I'm herbing, somebody you know kills me while I'm herbing. There's a purpose there, right? There's a, a meaningful reason why they're killing me because they want the herbs that I have. They want control of the area. Um, the distinction there is if somebody just, again, showing up in a low-level zone, just one-tapping people because they can, they're obviously going to rack up oh, corruption yeah, much more quickly. Oh, yeah. And the peasants are going to rise up, yeah. and they're going to put a pitchfork <laughs> to his ass. Right. Call on this call in on the zone or on the server too, because that's that's one of my favorite things back in the day. It's a little sad. I mean, okay, I need to let me let me re I just realized I just walked into something right there. Um pause for a moment, distractible things. Oh man, look at that in chat. What? Oh, okay. It oh, you're not hiding for this sometimes. One, so yes, I am. <laughs> it, one of my favorite things used to be whenever people would actually call out on a server and you, you know, it's like someone's like camping us in the town or whatever. I mean, number one, that thing that people used to do where they'd go to the low level area and they literally spawn camp brand new players, level ones that ain't going to work out so good for those people. So it's kind of really good that something like this exists in the game. But remember also community is important, man. I have never played a game ever where open world pvp exists and someone's getting ganked and they're getting griefed where if they shout on the server for help that people don't just band together and go after them i have always seen that i mean if you don't know if you need to see how that can work out all you gotta do is play world of warcraft and go to hellfire peninsula and get ganked and call out for help and watch how your alliance will rally around you all takes 
True story. Now, so here's here's a, a question because I, I caught Stephen said something in the interview mm-hmm. along the lines of people that create characters with the intention of being griefers with them. True. This now yes. the question comes up, and I want to pose it to you guys. Do you think corruption should be account wide? Uh no. <sighs> No, I expect this to be a very controversial question. It, I I don't. It, here's why I'm okay with the no. For two reasons, and, and I know people aren't going to agree with me on this, and that's totally fine because that's the beautiful thing about opinions is mine's not the right one just because I have it. Right, it's just mine, just my perspective. Opinions are like assholes, they say. Right, <laughs> everyone's got one. <laughs> You know, unless you've had some bad life experiences or birth problems, but that's a whole different story. And I'll leave it alone. Codeheads. I should leave it alone. Too analytical. I'm sorry. Okay, backtracking. Let me get to the point, friends. Let me get to the point. Leveling a character up is not going to be like it is in some games where you can just do that on a weekend or for one day. I go in ESO, I throw on experience boosts, get drink some of those Sigic Ambrosia potions, go grind for several hours, I'll hit max level, have access to my CP, make gear, throw on my character, boom, I'm ready to go. Maybe I need to level up some skills, cool, whatever, right? World of Warcraft, throw on BOEs. I don't know if they still exist now, but at the time I used to last play, I know they made changes to them, but they would give you experience gains, whatever. You level quickly. You have a recruiter friend, bonuses, whatever. You can level up your character really fast. Boom, you get to max level. You throw on some gear. You're, you're ready to roll for the most part, right? So you could do that in games. Ashes, not so much, man. You're going to be spending potentially months to level up an alt character to the point where it's relevant at max level. It will take a lot of work to get an alt up to be close to the level of your main character. That's a fact. Number one. Number two, because the corruption system exists, you've got to get rid of it a couple ways. One, you get killed, you lose some shit. Two, you go grind on stuff to drop the level at which time you're exposed to being killed by the people and or bounty hunters. If it's locked on a character and they've got to work it off and it doesn't just deteriorate when they're logged off, which if I remember correctly, it doesn't. It's there. Uh, then, the right. Yeah, it stays. It's it just stays there. Until, yeah, until yeah, you as work far it as off I understand, it only goes away right. while you're actively playing that character. Correct. Right. And there's the ways that you can work it off, right? So... As a result of that, because of the fact it's not so easy to get a character up level, it ain't going to be that easy to have a lot of characters, and it isn't going to be that easy to just work it off either if you gain a lot of it. So I see vulnerability if you've got it one way or the other. And if you want to go get it on another character, you're going to end up being vulnerable on more than one character. And at some point, you're going to be logging in vulnerable having to work it off one way or the other, i.e. consequence. So... As it stands, I don't have a problem with it currently. However, that'll also I have to see it play out as def, as described in testing to know for sure. But at face value, based on what we know, based on the information currently, that's that's all I got. What, what do you all think? I mean, personally, I don't have a problem with it being per character, but I think there's a very simple way to solve for that is is exposure. Uh, and I don't know what Steven's intent is. And because he mentioned something about 
there's ways that they'll they're looking into on um discouraging alternate like you know dark characters or pk characters but there's a very simple way to do this if you have an account name and a character name you can attach the account name to the character name and make that visible so if you know you know murder bunny Faisal and good Faisal are on the same account you're like you can make the connection as a player right All you right. can find that person and say okay why well, reputation too. i know to to steer clear of mm. Faisal because murder bunny is his you know murder bunny character and you know good Faisal is his other character you can kind of see that right <laughs> that's a simple way to do it is by exposure right because what happens to darkness when you expose it to light right it goes away it gets so, looted exactly it, it gets looted nice <laughs> so if we're talking about alternate characters that do bad behavior there's a link there you know it's a very lootable link oh very uncalled you know for I mean. <laughs> oh, very uncalled for in the middle of a good discussion point damn it i don't really appreciate that but maybe i do a little bit but not because but, it's accurate but there is there is ways of not like handicapping all some of these characters because i right. wouldn't agree with that right but I want there to be some sort of consequence. Right? And the one thing we talked about in other podcasts that I think is really important here, what's the most important thing in a game like Ashes of Creation, right? It's your reputation mm -hmm. because that's what's going to build over time. Yes. That's yeah. going to, that's what's going to incentivize people to work with you or work against you. And so that mm -hmm. would be, in my opinion, a way to do it with, it's still going to sting, it just might not be an, a direct sting. It might be an indirect one, which is, again, I'm okay with as long as there's choice and consequence. Mm -hmm. Yeah, thoughts there, Murder Bunny? Any other thoughts? I mean, for me, honestly, griefing is just, like, we, we all know what griefing is. Yeah. For, for, in my perspective, is that if the person intends uh, malice intent to that character, to keep spamming and killing him over and over, even spawn camping him with that exact same character. But if you're if you're talking about okay, let me let me kill this guy who's trying to to get my herbs that I collect each time. Is like no, that's not gonna pass. I'm gonna just straight pop his ass. Uh, it's simple. <laughs> yeah, I don't I don't consider that to be grieving because that's just a part of the game. So I've I've got two uh, questions. Raise your hand, show of hands, if you've spawn camped. I did it in Warsaw Galt all the time. I just want to know I did it yeah, first. Okay, Look okay. at you all. Look at you all. Warsaw Galt. Not yeah, an open okay. world. Not no. an open world. Hazel, don't even pretend. Let, don't even pretend. Let, let, no let way me qualify that. Okay. That, let me qualify that. I only did that. In retaliation for spawn camping, right? And my so, next question is: Have ha, raise your hand if you've if you've been spawn camped in open world yeah. and in uh, in battlegrounds or whatever? So, oh yeah, everywhere. Basil, yeah. are you telling me you've never spawn nope. camped or been spawn camped? I don't buy it. Nope. Some I call bullshit. No, don't buy it. I, uh, I, I ain't saying it to begin with. <laughs> if I had a hand, it would be off. This was friend, before murder money face. He was just possible. social money. That's his point. He was just you are the, because, the luckiest and most honorable guy I've ever met. Right? That you answered no to both of those questions. If you if this is true, then respect because it's 
very rare to not have that happen and it even rare weird. not to do it back because that's it's a human tendency to go i want justice like funny, the funny part about this is basically <laughs> i would like log in to to team speak or like skype back in the day and like hang out with my friends and they would just say like really? yo i've been spawn camped for like the 10th time today mm-hmm. i'm like Okay, cool. Right? <laughs> and I'll just walk by and nothing happens. Right? Raise your hand if you doubt this is going to happen to you in Ashes. Me? Yeah, exactly. So here's the thing. <laughs> this isn't to address the normal player behavior stuff. This is to address, because at some point, if you've been camped, you go, I'm just going to like rest somewhere else, call on a friend, something, chill, go get a taco, get some water, whatever. Or if you've been the one doing, you go, oh, kind of done at this point. This is getting boring. OK, this feels wrong to do any more than this. Some of that stuff happens, right? This is to address that percentage where they're like, oh, hell no, I'm not stopping. Can't stop, won't stop. It's to address that part where that where the grief element sort of ties in, like because the majority of us tend to go, yeah, I'm kind of, you know, what I mean, eh. right? Yeah, I I would start to classify spawn camping as griefing. Yeah, because at that point, yes. what what are you trying to gain from spawn camping someone? Unless they've mm-hmm. got so many resources right. on them Ooh, that you need to kill shit. them like six times to drain their bags That's and acquire everything. That's interesting. Then there's no point. Also, I don't know what the what the death uh, revival mechanic is necessarily going to look like, but if you're responding at a remote location and not having to essentially do a corpse run, then right, spawn yeah. camping is going to require a coordinated effort of you in the field killing somebody and team members, guild members, friends at relevant local spawn points sitting there waiting for people to respawn so spawn camping might in it just not be an easy thing to do in ashes if you don't have to do the the fabled corpse run so to speak and you just respawn at a remote location then have to run your sorry ass all the way back to where you got killed and see if that person's even still there because they might not want to wait 20 minutes for you to show up again they're just going to carry on and go gather kill or (laughs) take the loot they just got from you back to their bank Especially if you fought back, because then you're a mm-hmm. combatant, and they are yeah. too. They didn't gain corruption, right? Yeah. So right. Mm-hmm. it'll be interesting to see how that plays out. Yeah, it's very, very interesting because you know when you're like, well, you don't, you know, if you if we don't know what the cut's going to look like for drops, right? But it's a percentage of resources, and you get a nice hefty one. You're like, oh shit, that was a payday. Um. Yeah, I mean, who's not going to be enticed to do that when you know resources and how they work? And, and a good a chunk of those are mm-hmm. also supposed to be destroyed when you die too, right? Like mm-hmm. when you siege a caravan, yeah. a good chunk of the resources in that yeah. caravan essentially part are, of it's are gone back into just the world. gone. Yeah. That's part of the item sink in the yeah. world to keep things kind of moving without right. getting overly saturated. And the same is going to happen when you die. Now, you suffer the same death penalty whether you die to a player's hands or to a monster. The mm-hmm. difference is, do you fight back or not to the player? True. Yeah. If you fight mm-hmm. back, you yep. don't lose as much. True. Whereas if you don't fight back, they gain corruption for killing you, but you lose more. I'm still curious how that's going to pan out at max level when experience loss is no longer a factor. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there was a discussion point in chat too, by the way, which was 
And I think we're getting we're, we're winding down here, but this is I, I'm I'm recognizing a really good organic wrapping to the show for discussion points and tying into one that actually is an upcoming one that half tilt kind of presented that we talked about doing. So I'm not going to say what it is, but it's going to kind of have to do with this next topic, which I'm pulling from chat because this is an interesting note, right? For when you talk about, uh, you know, it, it could be sending a message. It could be a lot of different things. Well, here, here's the thing, right? It could also be a thing for Guild Wars. Now, we need to see how this dynamic plays out in Alpha 2, etc. Right? When you're looking at a Guild War, a Node War, things of that nature, if you recognize their spawn points and you know people are spawning over there, like, look, when we did Castle Sieges and Alpha back when back when I ran Virtue, like we we would I, we would push him back to a certain point. And I was like, at some point, I'd be like, yeah, let's kind of let's kind of stop there. I, I, I don't feel OK pushing a group back to a point and going, OK, let's just hold them here. Let them let them just feed us and we'll trickle kill them and whatever. Like I, that feels scummy to me. I don't feel OK as a leader doing that. I, mm. Not everybody's got that perspective, but. It's a fair point when you look at Guild Wars and Node Wars. You know the enemy spawning in a certain area. Strategically, you you might cut the force off. That's there. That's normal to cut off the enemy because you. That's normal, right? You don't want them to get to the fight if you can help it. In Cyrodiil, you do the same thing. You cut off a travel location so you can't. In in, in ESO, for example, just using it as an example because it's large massive map and you've got points and objectives and you you cut off travel points and you catch them on the way so you can take a keep right it's good strategy it's good strategy. i mean if you have if you have the strength either in skill power or numbers to execute that game plan successfully that that's good you're at war you're trying to win a war there's there's no friends in war right like you, you guys can hug and kiss and make up, go to the tavern, play some cards and have a pint afterwards. But in the war, you're you're there to win. And that's to me, that's not griefing because that's <laughs> that's good strategy to cut off their forces, mm. as you say, so that yeah. you can isolate the objectives as necessary. Whether it's guild wars, castle sieges, node sieges, whatever it is, there's going to be spawn points in all of these consensual PvP uh instances mm-hmm. well, sorry not instances but uh environments right and that's just I going think, to be a part of the gameplay i think they should make it the system like if there if there's a map or something or like there's a red area or something like when two nodes go to war to each other everything inside those two zone of influence just becomes a red and it's a pvp zone if you die here expect to be dead <laughs> it's fine yeah, you can see the the discussion though, right? Like, it, it, where do you where do you kind of draw the line? It's it's a very very good conversation to have because these are the types of things. These this is one of the elements that I see us having discussion about a lot, specifically throughout the development of the game. And they, the, as a community, as developers with the community, I see this having a very very you know prominent place in in discussions we've had the discussion on the show more times than i can remember and we revisit it because as the game evolves as new people join the community the the community the the discussions evolve a bit we 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 tend to 
hover or gravitate towards the same discussion points for good reason. But it's interesting because people bring good things like, you know, is it griefing to like, you know, to bait somebody? Well, if they're taking the bait, is it griefing? Like, you know what I mean? Like, it's it's interesting. If, if I tell you to jump off a cliff and you do right. it, is it my fault? Yes. Right. right. But then it's like, well, how do they? You bait? can you can hold <laughs> me accountable to yes. agree, but I'm you not alone chose. in this endeavor, right? We're all responsible for our choices, and this I think is the most vital component to this uh, conversation. He, he's the influencer. <laughs> to me, to me saying yes to jump <laughs> off a cliff. Come on, man. <laughs> If someone tells me, y'all, jump off the cliff, we're going to have the best adventure ever. Mm-hmm. Alright, you're going to do it? <laughs> Come on. So this is it. Now, if I, if I push you, that's a different story. <laughs> but if you do it of your own free will at my behest, well, that, that, that you, you took the leap of faith. Mm-hmm. You put the energy and inertia in that leap, friend. <laughs> right? And then you go, well, so hey, so hey, Sim. Yeah, so... They kept baiting me and I kept going after them. Yeah, well, well, there's other dynamics. Were they whispering you? Oh, well, these are other layers that go into other areas of like, what are bannable behaviors? What are the strike policies? What are they doing to sort of manage these other layers and how those things tie into griefing too? Because griefing is very rarely just killing. It's, it's, it's actually often usually if there's chat involved and it can be, there's usually some chat. Usually, rarely do I see people getting griefed and not whispering the person or having some sort of a back and forth because I see people do it all the time. It's going to happen just by farming material. Someone's going to get there faster, they're going to piss the other person off, they're going to get salty, they're going to talk shit. Then this person is going to whisper back and forth and then maybe end up getting some corruption, corruption sort of gaining at that point or whatever, or some, some PvP like. You know, these things are all not natural in games like this. But, you know, where where do we sort of draw the line? Teabagging, getting banned for teabagging. Is it a bannable offense? Should it be? Hell no. Come on. That's, no, that's, just, <laughs> that, no, that's no. a victory dance. <laughs> yeah. Right. In some games, I, you'll get I banned mean, for it. It's true. You will. And, and because of the amount of player agency that's going to be involved, because of the just inherent nature of the game, thing mm-hmm. you have to expect and allow a certain amount of trash talking. You have to expect and allow inappropriate gestures such as normal. What if it, now if you start trying to issue death threats, like I'm going to find you in real life and kill you? Oh or, yeah, that's or, a- or you start issuing like bigotry type slurs, then maybe that becomes something that's a little bit more actionable mm-hmm. from a developer standpoint or, or from a, a moderation standpoint of, okay, this is actually inappropriate behavior. It isn't acceptable on our forums. It isn't acceptable in the mm-hmm. game. And I think that mm-hmm. might be where you draw the line it is when it becomes something that now it's becoming an out of game threat, an out of game issue then okay it's, it's like yeah mama's so fat type joke or, or or something like that like ten thousand sperm you were the fastest one okay you let that go you, you move on and it's just trash talk go home and play with your dolls you know let it be if you can't handle that then ashes probably isn't the game for you and you know what quite frankly most multiplayer games in this day and age probably aren't the game for you but if if you can hear it in a Call of Duty lobby, then well, <laughs> you're probably going to hear it in the game, especially if they have this the voice chat thing that they were talking about, or with proximity voice chat. 
But hey, there's always a mute button. You can always mute people, ignore them. I'm sure that'll be a thing in the game. So mm -hmm. you don't want to listen to it, turn them off. But yeah, it, it, if if it crosses, yeah, thank you, uh, Seven. Mm -hmm. If it crosses into the harassment uh, aspect of like personal harassment, then at that point, this mm -hmm. becomes something that I think is worth reporting to to yeah. the authorities. In the yeah, game. yeah, to the game masters and stuff like that. Which that's the word I was looking for. They're going to be in the world, which is good. They're going to be in the world, and Ashes is great. Yeah, Steven did say that they will moderate the game. Yeah. I remember like, back they, in the day when you used to see that in other games, like early days of ESO. Like you would call up the Game Master. Yeah, you, Even like EverQuest. Yeah, yeah, I mean, I had like, um, what was it? Like setting like your, I had some bug worth setting my like last name or something on one of my characters. Uh, like a GM came in and we did this whole RP thing. Like, and people were like, wow, that's really cool. But it yeah. was like that kind of thing where there was that personal touch. And I'm really like happy that wow. uh, that approach is getting, you know, wow, getting GM whispers. leverage. Remember yeah, that? exactly. Uh, yeah. Get the little wow GM notification sounds. You're like, oh, I got a whisper. And then they do the little RP thing usually in the beginning or at the end. You're like, yeah. that's pretty yeah. cool. Yeah. Was, I always, always like that. And I, I miss that stuff. You don't get that very often, or at least I don't. And I haven't I haven't seen that in years in an MMORPG, actually. No, me either. I haven't played WoW in you years. You should email so. while you're offline. Right. Working is intended. Go have fun. Right. Yeah, please, but please be sure to take five minutes of your time to come rate our interaction with you and let us know how we're doing. <laughs> Why do you actually care about the Anybody else feel that way? Like you have it. <laughs> Yeah, there's like, oh, man, hey, that's that's actually that's a good topic for the LFM show. Boy, I'm collecting a bunch of little side <laughs> topics that are like game development, like community management sort of stuff when it comes to games that I could talk about on the LFM show, along with something it's related to Avatar. It's probably a KPI Ooh. type thing, right? It's probably a KPI for that. Oh, yeah. Their performance in, in their yeah, job maybe. and role and whatnot. But you know what? Maybe I don't just take five minutes of my time to rate you. Maybe you give me 100 gold for it. I don't know. Is that pay to win, though? <laughs> yeah, it might Jeez, be. Dude, pay to win is an interesting topic, too, because uh, I, I think we're going to be revisiting that one again soon because it's just 100 percent. I love to talk about that, dude, because people have such different ideas about it and get heated about it. And um, oh, God, it's so good. And lately I've just been like, cut us doing it. I need to talk about it a little bit more. It'll happen in two shows, probably the LFM show here. It's great. There are some revolving topics we hit on regularly here, and I have a feeling we're going to be we're going to be hitting on some of those kind of coming full circle again just to see what people think, because we got a lot of new blood in chat this year, these days. And I like to revisit it when we got new blood, because I like to see what the new blood thinks or says. And you're like, but Shim, I've been around for years. I'm sorry. I just mean that I don't see you in chat often during the show. That's better. I'll say that. That's what I'm talking about. <laughs> Because we've had a good active chat tonight. It's we've awesome. had a really good active chat. And when I see active chats like that, I'm like, ooh, this is where I want to bring up some of these other ones that aren't just like news related. And well, when we're in a week like we're going to have coming up where it, there's an Ashes live stream coming up, we've already had it. No big interviews, no big news to talk about. Good time for it. And I think we've got a really good segue to kind of get the ball rolling on that with 
uh, chat next week. So, gentlemen, any final thoughts you've got before we sort of wrap this show up for the week? Uh, not for me. Really, really good discussion today. Oh, yeah. Great engagement. Oh, yeah. I love it. No? Okay. If nobody sends me pizza, that's griefing. <laughs> Unbelievable. For those that are here, message in chat, letting you know, I'll be collecting some of your thoughts. With that being I'll said, I'll send you one with pepperoni. Pepperoni I mean, for pineapple. you. Pineapple. Yeah, buddy. Hey, I like pineapple on pizza. I'm in that camp. No. <laughs> <laughs> well, Appreciate it. Bring it uh, on. <laughs> it's funny. If I'm not gifted a sub, that's griefing. That's funny, man. With that being said, gentlemen, we'll go down the road. Daedalus, Half Tilt, Faisal. Shout out your domains where people can find you when you're not on this podcast. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at The Ashen Herald and on YouTube, uh, youtube.com slash C slash The Ashen Herald. Uh, you can catch me on Twitter at half underscore tilt or shoot me a message on Discord, Half Tilt Gamer. There you go. You guys, you guys are able to find me on Twitch as Faisal108 and on Twitter as Bagel108. And friends, as always, you just don't get the same show unless you catch us live. So I encourage you to join us every Sunday like clockwork. We hardly ever miss. Thanks for joining us for episode 160 of the Ashes Pathfinder podcast, right? Catch you here next Sunday, 5 p.m. Central. And as always, it might be the end of today's show. But remember, in closing, you don't have to be on this round table to be a Pathfinder. You're here in chat. You watch it. You listen to it. You drop your comments. You share. You contribute. You join us on Discord.dg forward slash the morgue. And till next week, friends, live your best lives. Walk in the light. Have a great night. We'll see you again real soon, friends. Everybody. Take care, Take everyone. Care, everyone.